Well, hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. I'm glad you guys have found me at the Off the Bench podcast. Today is Friday, and I don't have a guest on the show today, but I want to take some time and answer some listener questions. The first one I'm going to be answering is kind of a common question that comes in about whether or not Old Testament laws apply to Christians. And the second one is a little bit more of a touchy topic. It was recently brought to my attention that there are people in mostly the Reformed theology uh, who believe that women should not be allowed to teach theology at all, even to other women. I find this to be a grievous and divisive answer to women who have been given the gift of teaching, and also I believe it to be unbiblical. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, welcome to the show. You guys, I'm going to jump right into this. Uh, First of all, I want to say I am not at Chia this weekend. I messed that up earlier in the week. I'm going to be there next weekend. So I hope you guys will come out and say hello. I'm going to be um, speaking for the California Home Educators Association. I'm also going to be going on my friend, uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs' podcast and doing a couple other fun things while I'm in. Southern California. And so I hope you guys will come out and say hello. I would love to hug your neck. I always love to meet podcast listeners. All right. Couple things. Um, I want to jump right into these topics. You guys are sending me really great questions. If you'd like to have your question addressed here at the podcast, the way to do that is just to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday, and I'd be happy to answer your question. I recently got a letter from an anonymous listener and she said, Hey, Heidi, I have some friends who do not eat pork, citing the Old Testament laws in which God told the Israelites to abstain from certain foods. Some have even said that all Christians should not eat pork. While I don't want to deter a fellow believer from following his or her personal convictions, I have some questions about how to respond based on scripture. Were the Levitical laws only for the Israelites or did it include future believers as well? All right, so let's look at Romans chapter 10, verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So the Bible teaches very plainly that a Christian is not under the law of Moses. The law was given to Israel as a part of a covenant that was extended only to Israel. And it's very important for us to understand that uh, we are all transgressors of a perfect and holy law of God, but only one group of people on the earth were ever commanded by God to live according to that law. And that was the Israelites. And so, for example, they were given the law to uh, to learn how to obey and please God. A good example of this would be the Ten Commandments. Some of the laws were to show the Israelites how to worship God and how to atone for sin, which was the sacrificial system. Some of these laws were intended to make the Israelites distinct from other nations. So they had food and clothing laws, which are largely mocked in the secular world that we live in because people don't understand where they came from. But none of the Old Testament law is binding on Christians today. I'm going to say that again. None of the Old Testament law is binding on Christians today. When Jesus died on the cross, he put an end to the Old Testament law. Let's look really quickly at Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 to 25. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 15 for a moment. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, in other words, the law, 
that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. So let's check this out for a second because every once in a while, uh, people will write in and they ask questions about the Old Testament law, some of the things that were in the Old Testament. But Christ's death on the cross fulfilled the law of Moses. And so the law of Moses, primarily the Pentateuch, right? The first five books of the Bible, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And it removes the necessity of the regulations that once divided the Jews from the Gentiles. And so we are not under the law as as uh, Christians anymore. And the law was not given to a Christian. The law was given to the nation of Israel. And so when your friend says, hey, you're a Christian, you shouldn't eat pork, uh, not according to the Bible. And so we are no longer under the law. When Christ died on the cross, he abolished the law. And we are no longer under the law. We are under grace. All right, the next question. And this this one was a little bit of a sticky wicket. And it's interesting that it came when it did. An anonymous listener wrote in and she wanted to see me talk about recent comments that have been made about women leading women in Bible studies. She said she was disgusted by some of the recent comments of uh, a few people that maybe even that I've had on the show here before. I'm not going to I'm not going to point anybody out by name, but I will tell you my husband and I both uh, listened to some of these remarks and listened to another podcast by another uh, friend of mine who happens to be a pastor. And we were very grieved to hear that there is a movement in the Reformed Church that says that women are not allowed to teach other women theology. And man, this grieves my heart. And first, it, well, at first it just really grieved my heart. And then it really grieved the heart of my husband because I see this, and so does he, as a pendulum swing. So we're reacting to radical feminism, which has absolutely injured men. There's no question about it. And now we're going to see this pendulum swing in the church. This happens all the time. Or the pendulum's over here. We're in, you know, radical feminism. Now we're going to swing right back across the center where we always find God's heart. And we're going to swing over here into what can only be called more leaning toward the patriarchy movement. Well, I have been witness to patriarchy in the homeschool movement for a long time, and it doesn't have the grip that it used to have. But it was so damaging to women. And you just heard me with June Hunt on the show the last couple of days And I have witnessed with my own two eyes, I have watched husbands be dismissive toward their wives. I've seen them silence their wives. Man, we misunderstand God's heart. And to hear another, a fellow Christian say that women should not be allowed to teach other women the scriptures, I think it grossly misunderstands God's heart. And it pigeonholes women into saying, I actually heard one of these dudes call it wifedom. He was like, women should be talking about wifedom. And, you know, how to how to keep a home and how to be uh, submissive to your husband and all the things. And I was just like, for goodness sake, the question really is. And both of these things miss God's heart, right? Whether you're talking about feminism where where men are devalued. Right. And that's certainly where we are in the culture right now, where you're talking about the, the patriarchy movement where women are devalued. Both of those positions miss the heart of God. And so the question is pretty simple. Are women permitted to impart scriptural um, doctrine to other women in any capacity in scripture. It's important to understand that since the first century, women have been active in theology and in the mission of the church. In the book of Luke and in the book of Acts, we see how Jesus and the apostles cared for women. They enlisted them into kingdom service. 
And John contains an astonishing story of how Jesus carried on a completely theological conversation with a scandalous Samaritan woman, which would have been absolutely unthinkable for that time. One, because she was a Samaritan. You guys remember the, the, uh, the, the good Samaritan, right? Remember that story? The, the culture at that time looked down on Samaritans. So not only was this a Samaritan, but it was a Samaritan woman. And as the church grew, women began to flock to Christianity because of the ways that it gave them more dignity than what they had ever been given before in either the Greco-Roman or the Jewish cultures. So the office, for example, if you read the book of Acts, starting in chapter six, verses one to seven, you see that the office of deacon was established to provide and care for the large number of Christian widows, which led to more conversions. And I, I'm thinking, you know, this fad, and it seems like a fad to me. So I looked it up online because frankly, I was astonished. My grandmother was a Bible teacher and she was an exceptional Bible teacher. And I grew up listening to her teaching Bible classes. She loved to teach on the book of Revelation. She was an amazing theologian and she had a love and a hunger for the word of God. And she passed that on to me. My grandfather was a pastor in an evangelical free church. And so much of what I gleaned from them as a young girl and later as a new mother was a passion to study and show myself an approved workman who does not need to be ashamed, who can rightly divide the word of truth. And so this to me seems like a fad. This, you know, women can't teach academic theology to other women. And I think it's missing, well, it's, I told you, it's missing the heart of God, but it's also missing some key points. One, women are included in the Great Commission and women are supposed to be sharing the gospel, right? We are commanded to make disciples. I haven't seen a Christian limit the Great Commission to men only. We're charged with making disciples, not making homemakers. We're charged with proclaiming the whole counsel of God to one and all, including other women. And so why would we limit ourselves randomly to Titus 2 or Proverbs 31 or Genesis 2.18? This doesn't make any sense at all. The Bible says of itself, listen to this, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. That's 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. So limiting your sharing of the word of God with just uh, 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 other women on just one or two topics, you know, I listen to these gentlemen on this podcast with my husband, and um, my heart was grieved to hear these men say, well, women can teach other women, but only about wifedom or only about, um, you know, the hospitality or whatever subjects they deemed were appropriate for women to teach other women. And it's a rejection of God's proclamation of the usefulness of his word. R.C. Sproul used to say everyone's a theologian. Do you guys remember that? He said it was incumbent upon us when we proclaim, disciple, or individually learn that we are absorbing the whole counsel of God and doing so rightly. So theologians for generations have agreed that sharing the gospel is only the beginning of discipleship, and discipleship cannot be reduced to somebody's conversion. We want to grow. We want to become sanctified. We want to become more like Jesus. And so that means that we study the word and we pass it on to other women around us. The gospel is a theological message. 
that's comprised of scriptural truths and the impartation of the gospel involves teaching doctrine. And so this is so frustrating for me uh, to hear. And I've seen this, I mean, I have taught for many, many years in homeschool conferences where uh, a man or sometimes a woman would come up to me and say, why are you teaching? Uh, And I'm generally just, you know, in those places even, I was talking mostly about homeschooling. But guess what? My understanding of homeschooling and why home education is so important comes from scripture. And so I would sometimes have people come up to me and say, why are you teaching? Uh, Why are you teaching scriptural truths? Because the Bible applies to every area of our lives. The Apostle Paul tells us in Titus in verse three that the older women must first of all teach what is good. You guys, here's my question. What could possibly be better? What could possibly be more good than teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ? There's a question for you. Doesn't um, being a godly wife, doesn't being a godly housekeeper, a godly mother flow out of a right understanding of knowing the Lord? Surely women without the Lord are fully capable of teaching these basic skills. Uh, They're not doing it very much right now. But my goodness, you guys, the role of women in the Bible goes beyond procreating and teaching other women how to keep house. As I was speaking to Jay in the car, I mean, I don't actually know who's more frustrated by this, uh, this pigeonholing of women saying that women cannot teach other women. I don't know who's more frustrated by that, my husband or myself. We were equally frustrated because obviously I have devoted large chunks of my life as a woman to teaching other women to know God's word and to be able to teach it to the faith that speaks is my women's ministry. And I'm always asking women, if your faith found its voice, what would God have you say? If your faith found its feet, where would God have you go? In other words, don't live by this creed of being afraid of, of uh, sharing your faith in the public square or talking to people about the Lord Jesus. This is part of the great commission. But if a Christian woman can teach her, uh, her, her sisters in Christ who Jesus is, She can't do it unless she also teaches sound doctrine. Theology lays the groundwork, for example, for raising children. Theology lays the groundwork for a healthy marriage. Theology lays the groundwork for how we understand the roles of men and women and why God created us to be equal of value in his sight, but with different roles. But to say that women cannot teach other women saddens me uh, and and it makes me question this overreaction to what is clearly wrong, right? The feminist movement clearly wrong. And I agree for that the role of women in the church is not to be a pastor, not to be an elder. Those roles are reserved for men in the church. But when a woman teaches right theology to other women, for example, I had, I just sat under uh, my son-in-law's teaching just a couple of weeks ago. He, he preached a phenomenal message. And I mean, I'm the woman in the back seat, just like, yeah, that was awesome. You know, I'm amending him and trying not to clap and stand up because you don't do that in my church in the middle of the service. But I went up to him later and I, I said, man, Ryan, you unpacked that in, in a way that I had not understood before. And I thanked him for it. And you know what I did? I turned right around and I taught the women at Faith That Speaks that exact same thing that my pastor just taught me. So in that regard, my teaching was a supplement to my son-in-law's preaching. And I'm helping uh, the women who are in my circle and in my ministry to use the understanding of God's word to be better wives, to be better mothers, 
to be better neighbors, better friends, better citizens. This is the role of women in the lives of other women. So limiting teaching just to marriage or motherhood or housekeeping, this ignores the needs of single women. This ignores the needs of uh, women who are struggling with sin in their lives. I praise the Lord for godly men who are in the pulpits every single week and they are faithfully teaching the word of God. I praise the Lord. We need them. Uh, No women's Bible study can take the place of a pastor's ministry. But when women are teaching other women how to properly divide the word of God in the, uh, in the, in the proper, in a, with a proper understanding of doctrine, this requires study. I wonder, I often think, where would a lot of Christian women right now who are doing the work of discipling other women, where would they be right now without the ministry of someone like Kay Arthur, who's been teaching from her platform precept upon precept, right? She's been teaching, and this was meaty stuff. But what I'm hearing is this reaction to women teachers, and there are plenty of false women teachers out there right now. Again, I'm not going to name them. I think you guys can figure it out for us. Okay, well, Jen, Jen Hatmaker comes to mind. But there are also plenty of false teachers who are men. <laughs> and so to say that it's just it's women who are the false teachers, boy, it, it, it misunderstands what's ha- actually happening. We should be applying the word of God to every area of womanhood. So rather than relegating this doctrinal teaching to issues of homemaking and issues of child rearing and issues of marriage and issues of sex, we should be teaching rather the whole counsel of God. And I praise the Lord that he's given women the ability to teach theology to other women. So I agree with my, with my brothers and sisters in Christ and many conservative churches that the role for elders, for example, and for pastors belongs to men. That is my conviction of what I see according to the Bible. But I also see that women can do anything qualified, non-ordained men can do in the church. And I've been, uh, over the years, privileged to be able to teach many Sunday school classes for women. I have been blessed to watch as women begin to understand the importance of teaching their children the scriptures and be able to have the Bible come alive for them, the Bible is doctrine. And so to relegate women to just one or two or three uh, pigeonholed topics, just it just breaks my heart. It really, really does. And so uh, that is my strong conviction on this. Women teach Sunday school. They lead prayer. They read scriptures. Uh, this is consistent with the roles that women played in the church throughout scripture. And so I believe that God's word is very clear and it is my conviction that I would never seek the office of an elder because that's been reserved for qualified men. But I, this, this doesn't bother me as a woman. I can make a clear case for that in scripture. I see it absolutely that I believe, and I know some of my brothers and sisters in Christ will disagree with me on this also, but I, I believe that women are not called to the role of senior pastor in a church. And we've talked about that before, and I'm not going to belabor the point. My point today is I do not understand this need to overstep and add these limitations to women. We need to be able to coexist in the body of Christ by accepting one another, even if we strongly and seriously disagree. And so I don't, uh, I don't dislike 
my brothers and sisters in Christ who disagree with me on this issue, but it really does break my heart because I know that there are so many women that God has given the gift of teaching to who long to study the word and understand it. And to have a, a man or another woman come to those women and say, no, you can only teach about homemaking or wife dumb. I hope I never hear that term again or, or uh, child raising. It just, wow, it just misses the heart of God. And I wonder if he was sitting, if Jesus was sitting here today, if he wouldn't look at these women who feel so overlooked in the church and so maligned by their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, that they just stop growing in the Lord altogether. And I would hate to see that happen. My grandmother's ministry changed my life. The incredible gift that God gave her to teach scripture was the reason that I went to Multnomah School of the Bible back in the 80s to learn the word of God more and to stoke the fires from an understanding of theology. And I hate to see that diminished in this time when we so desperately need more people sharing their faith and more people being grounded and more people understanding what it means to rightly divide the word of God. So one of these days, this issue is going to be resolved uh, because the Lord uh, is going to come back. And until that time, as I said to you guys yesterday, the grass will wither and the flower will fade, but God's word will stand forever. God has a heart for women. And we saw, we see it all throughout scripture. We watch as the roles of women, Jesus elevated women. He was a maverick in his time for the way that he loved women and showed his heart for them. And so, you know, we can, we don't have time today because I think I'm almost out of time for the show, but we can come back another time and talk about egalitarianism and complementarianism. I believe in the complementarianism role for women that we have been created very uniquely with different roles. And I, for one, am thrilled that God made me a woman. And I'm thrilled to be married to a man who loves me. But like my granddad said, and, and my husband reminded me today when we were listening to a couple of these podcasts, he said, do you remember, Heidi, when we, were, when we were first married and you were struggling with the, with the issue of submission? Because you guys have heard me say this before. Now, I grew up in a very unhealthy home. And frankly, and I should, we'll come back next week and we're going to talk more about the Shiny Happy People documentary because, boy, I've got some words for some of the people on that show. I finally took the time. I watched the whole thing. Um, and, uh, uh, wow. I mean, just heartbreaking. But again, it's a misunderstanding of scripture that leads to a misapplication of scripture. Well, anyway, I don't want to get into it because it, it's, it's so much. It's an entire show. But my husband said, he reminded me, you know, I grew up in this very heavy handed, male centric, um, and really abusive environment. And that still is happening today. It is still happening in homeschooling. It is still happening in the church. It is still happening. And it just <laughs> grieves me. And he said, he reminded me that we went to my grandparents' house. I told you my grandparents were married for nearly 75 years. They loved the Lord. Um, my granddad was a pastor. And I sat down in his living room. You know, I'm probably, what, 20 years old at this point. I sit down and, and you know, my Jay and I did. And we said, talk to us about the Apostle Paul and submission, biblical submission. What does that look like? And my grandfather, who understood my heart in wanting to do what God would, would have me do, but also not seeing it modeled well, 
He said, Heidi, in a healthy marriage, the issue of submission, if first of all, if it comes up, something's not right. And I can honestly tell you that in the 30 some odd years since then that I have been married to my amazing husband, the issue of submission never comes up because we submit one to another. We love the Lord. I understand that Jay has in our family, according to scripture, authority. And he, ha- he, he can actually exercise that authority over me. God is going to judge my husband for the way that he leads our family. But there has never been a conversation in our marriage when he ever said to me, you need to submit. In fact, I can't even imagine him talking to me that way because he loves me. And if he's going to lead our family, he needs to bring me along. If I disagree with him, then he needs to, he, we need to have conversation. He needs to help me understand where he's coming from. I understand that, uh, that he has the ultimate authority to make a decision that I may disagree with. But in the 30 some odd years that we've been married, that has never happened. Because if it's a, if it's a big decision, I'm not talking about whether or not we're going to go sugar-free for a month. I'm talking about, you know, are we going to buy a car? Are we going to homeschool our children? Are we going to, you know, whatever, take out a mortgage? Jay would never just go, submit, woman, this is what we're doing. It's unloving because he's called to love me as Christ loved the church. That's a sacrificial love. And I have yet to meet a godly woman who does not long to submit to the loving, godly leadership of a man who is submitted to Jesus Christ. And so it was actually my husband who noticed in me many years ago that I had a gift for teaching. And he said to me, man, Heidi, look at, look at the gift that God's given you. You should use it. Use the gift. It was my husband who said he believed that God was going to use my voice to encourage other women to love their husbands and to raise their children to follow Jesus, never anticipating that it would take us to where we are now or that God would give me a platform that would encourage so many other women to walk with God and raise their children to love and serve the Lord Jesus. But that's what God has done. And so I reject on its face the idea that women cannot teach the scriptures to other women. I think it is unbiblical. I think it is extra biblical. And I think it misunderstands the heart of God, particularly toward women. So that's all I have to say about that. I know it's a heavy topic. I appreciate you guys writing into me and you can reach out to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. I would love to hear from you. And we'll have some great guests on the show next week, including, I hope, my assistant, Melissa Crabtree, who just moved here with her beautiful family from the great state of Oklahoma. So we've got a lot of really neat things happening at Firmly Planted Family. Um, And we appreciate so much your prayers for God's provision as we continue to move forward. I'm really looking forward to having my whole team uh, in one place. And so we have a lot of things on the docket, a lot of things that we're working on that I cannot wait to share with you guys about. Uh, And speaking of that, I'm going to come back in just a few minutes for those of you who are subscribed to Happy Hour, and we're going to spend just a few, just a few more moments uh, talking about this topic and just expanding it a little bit more. I think we need to have God's heart, and uh, that is certainly my heart, is to follow the Lord and to do it to the best of my ability. And I know that there are people who would disagree with me about this topic, who that is also their heart. And so to that end, I say that we take the... uh, the scriptural principles to heart that we are to live at peace as much as it depends on us with those who are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so study the Bible, you guys. Love your people well. And I will see you back here again at the intersection of faith and